In your name we pray, amen. Go ahead and have a seat. So listen to these words that I'm going to say. I'm sure that many of you will recognize some of these words. It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that these united colonies are, and the right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all the allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that this is a free and independent states. We recognize those words, don't we? Do you know those words? What, what are those words? The, they're the Declaration of Independence. And that's the holiday we celebrate today in the United States, right? If, and if you didn't know that, today is the 4th of July, and that's why we have the 4th of July, is to celebrate Independence Day. So if I asked you, what is this holiday about? What's this holiday about? It's about freedom. It's about freedom. So today we celebrate the signing of the Declaration of the Independence, the Declaration of saying we're going to be free from Britain. And it's also a document that declared the independence, but the Revolutionary War went on for several years after that. actually didn't end until 1781. And then it was officially over in 1783 when the Treaty of Paris was signed. So we can, I think most of us can agree that freedom to us in the United States is a pretty big thing, isn't it? We, we, take, we, we take this. We, 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 it's a big, big deal to us. So, but over the past few months, maybe years, so just for a while, this, this freedom has kind of been challenged a little bit, hasn't it? This freedom that we, that we expect, this freedom of I have the right to do or what I have the right not to do, this who has the right to do this or has the right to do that, and who can tell me what to do and who can tell me not what to do? Kind of like this, this simple little piece of fabric here. Remember how much I have the right to do this, I have the right not to do this. It's not, you can't tell me to wear this, you can't tell me to not wear it. Remember how just much this little thing caused so much turmoil about our freedom. So I'm going to ask this question. What does freedom really mean? And what are you free from? And how do you know that you're free? And are you really free? Today I want to explore some of these questions, but I, I want us to, to start to by looking at what Jesus said about being free. What Jesus, when he talks about free, what that means, what freedom means. In Luke, Jesus, we're going to look at a little passage out of Luke, and this is Luke, he sta- or in Luke, Jesus stands up in a synagogue and he starts reading about from the prophet of Isaiah. Now Isaiah is a prophet to the Israelites about several hundreds of years before this. And this is out of Luke 8, Luke 4, verse 18. It says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom from the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. So you could wonder, who are, who are the prisoners? Who are the oppressed? Is Jesus talking about us? Who is he talking about here? And is Jesus, is he just simply quoting this passage out of Isaiah? Is he just reading it? Or is he kind of saying, you know, I'm the guy that's going to do this. I'm the guy that's going to give you freedom. And that it, it gives us indication that Jesus spoke in a way that's saying, you know, nope, I am that guy. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that's going to give you freedom. 
And well, the people in the synagogue that day, they didn't like that very well. They goes and tells us that they formed a mob and they had, a, had an intent of pushing Jesus off the cliff. And as Jesus does, he escapes and, and they, they, he wasn't pushed off the cliff. But here is Jesus saying, you know what, I'm going to give you guys freedom. But people are rejecting him. Jesus is saying something and, and people don't want to listen to him. They want to actually <laughs> kill him. People just rejecting what Jesus has to offer. That they're, they're just offended because Jesus maybe is, they think is, a, is violating their rights or they're questioning their beliefs. That in reality, maybe they thought that here's this Jesus going to take our freedom away from us. It's really nothing new, is it? That's nothing new. That goes on today. Remember? Just like this, a simple face mask. People ha were all in an uproar about somebody trying to take their freedoms away. These are, we can just think of more examples of, of what we define as freedom in the United States and how people, we might reject those or, or be all up in arms about it because someone's trying to take those away. And in fact, if you think our First Amendment is freedom of speech, Second Amendment is right to bear arms, and that's another, those are two pretty hot topics of, of things that have dominated the press lately, dominated our worlds lately, of, of people feeling like they're going to take those away. But is that really what freedom means? Is that what Jesus is talking about when he talks about freedom? That I have these rights and no one can violate those. So I get that question again, what does freedom mean? Now, a definition of freedom, here's a definition of freedom. It says, the power or right to act, speak, or think as, no, as one wants without hindrance or restraint. So you read that and you go, yeah, I can do whatever I want to do. I can say what I want to do. I can act the way I want to do. I can live life without any hindrances, restraints, restrictions. I can do whatever makes me feel good. And yet, think of, there's, I think there's a new movie that came out today uh, one of a series of movies called The Purge. I don't know if anybody's seen that. I've really never watched it either because it's kind of a dark movie. But the premise behind this movie is that on a certain day, one day a year for 24 hours a day, they can live out this kind of freedom. They can do whatever they want to do. They can kill people. They can murder people. They can do all kinds of just awful things, and there's no repercussions for it. You can have true freedom and do whatever you want to do. And then when the horn rings after 24 hours, you have to go back to normal life. So is this the freedom that Jesus is talking about? Is this the freedom that we think we're entitled to? Can I just go into a store or come into this building right here and I can start spouting off either if I'm on the left or I'm on the right or who knows where, just start saying things and and there's not going to be any, any problems with that. No one's going to care because it's my freedom. Now, I have an uncle that was a long time ago that was a soapbox preacher. And uh, he would actually do that. And it didn't end up very well for him sometimes. He would find if, if even us today, if we walked into some places, and I think we would find that our, we would lose our freedom pretty fast because people would call the police and uh, police would come, and they would probably put handcuffs on me, and we would be in bondage, and I would be hauled to the jail. So I would lose some freedom. So am I really free at that point? Does that am I really free? So I ask the question again, what freedom is Jesus talking about? 
I think in John 8, verses 31 through 36, gives us a little bit of insight on what this freedom is. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So there's the truth. The truth is going to set us free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in a family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if a son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So Jesus was exercising his freedom of speech. So maybe we'll ask, start with, what is this truth that Jesus is talking about? Now I'm going to come from a stance that I believe in absolute truth, that the truth that Jesus tells us that is written in the Bible, that that is truth, and that that's, that's the truth that, that we should believe in. So I'll ask this question, or, or say this, is that this truth, this truth is in Jesus. Now, I'm read out of John, so I'm just going to stay in John and, and kind of say, okay, what is some of this truth that Jesus had said already in John? There's lots of truth within the Bible, but let's look at, at um, John 3.16, one that we all know, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, and whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's one we're familiar with, right? This idea of eternal life, that we believe in Jesus and we get eternal life. Now, there's other verses. We're going to look at one that Jesus is talking to a Samaritan woman. Something that, you know, a Samaritan woman doesn't have a lot of freedom in her time. And Jesus shouldn't have probably even been talking to her. But Jesus says these words to her. He says, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I gave them will never thirst Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now, further on in John 6, we see these words. Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for the food that spoils, but for food that endures to to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Now those words, very truly, I tell you, we've already heard those once earlier and we've heard them again and now we're going to hear those words again. Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So is is what Jesus is saying here, is this some truth that Jesus is saying that I've got some magical food and magical drink that if you drink of this and eat of this, you're never going to be thirsty, you're never going to be hungry, and you're going to live forever. You're never going to die. I don't think so. But what Jesus is saying is he's giving him the truth of who he is. He's giving him the truth that, that, you know what, I'm this Messiah that you've been waiting for for a long time. And the truth that you may think that I'm just going to overthrow the Roman government and I'm going to set up my own rule and that's how it's going to all happen, He's, and that's not it either. That's not how they're going to get the freedom or how they thought the freedom was going to be. Jesus said, that's not the case. The truth is that he's the Messiah that's going to take away all their sins, all of our sins on the cross, that he's going to pay this price for our sins. 
And the truth that this death that Jesus is going to suffer on the cross, that this resurrection, that it's going to conquer death and it's going to forgive us, and that's how we're going to get this eternal life. The truth that is if they believe in Jesus, that they believe in Jesus, they'll be free. They're going to be free from their sin, free from the sin that keeps them in their bondage, free from their sin that, that is really the bondage is, is a slave to sin. It's the truth that, well, we're all sinners and we're all condemned because of it. And that Jesus here, he's giving them the truth, the truth that will set them free. Now, the Pharisees, they thought they knew everything, and they thought they knew what freedom was, and they didn't understand this. They didn't actually think, they thought he was, they were actually talking about true freedom, and they said, well, we've never been slaves before. Well, I think they have short-term memory problems, because, or long-term memories, because the Israelites have always been slaves. They've, they've been slaves a lot. They were slaves in Egypt. They were in captivity by the Babylonians and the Persians and others, and and essentially, they, right now, they were slaves to the Roman Empire. They couldn't do whatever they want. They couldn't experience freedom. They were blind to seeing that, that they were slaves. And that maybe it's not so much different than us. Maybe, not so, maybe we're also blind. Blind that we're also slaves to the same sort of bondage that they were, that we're all slaves to sin. So this is an easy question. Everybody should get this right. Who has ever sin sinned in this room? Nobody has sinned in this room? Okay, one person admitted, two people admitted. Well, Romans 3.23 tells us everyone has sinned. And then Romans 6.20 tells us that we're all slaves to sin. We're all sinners, and, and therefore we're all slaves to sin. Or, maybe, and we're, or we've all been slaves to sin because we're born sinners. Now, you all like this picture here. This is a picture of my oldest. And you look at that picture and you go, how can that sweet little boy be a sinner? How can that sweet little boy be a sinner? He's so cute. How, how could he possibly? But I'm going to tell you, he surely was. Trust me, he's a sinner. <laughs> he's a sinner just like his dad. Probably not as bad as his mom. His mom's not that big a sinner. But Now, a few years later this sweet little innocent boy decides that he wants to go play outside, which there's not a problem with that, but we, at the time we lived on a busy intersection and we didn't have a very big yard. And so we were told, you know, if you want to play outside, you have to make sure you have a parent with you. And so he's, he proceeds to one day, Kim's watching him, and, and he opens up the child lock, which again, a sinner because he doesn't obey the rules. Like he's, he breaks through the lock and goes outside and starts playing. And Kim's looking at him puzzled now and kind of angry and like, because she knows he knows the rules. And she goes outside and she goes, How, why are you playing out here? You're not supposed to be out here and set for the parent. And he goes and says, I am with a parent. And Kim's looking at him like, what? So he pulls out of his hands. He pulls this, I'm with this parent. <laughs> so now he not only is he a sinner, but he's a pretty smart little sinner too. <laughs> now, the world at the time of Jesus, they had a sin problem. Right now in the world we live, we have a sin problem. It's unavoidable. Since the time of Adam and Eve, everyone in this world is a sinner, except for one person. There's only been one person, and that was Jesus. And Jesus was giving us the truth, this truth that I keep talking about, the truth that's going to set us free, the truth that all of us are in the sin business, 
the truth that Jesus has the answer to that problem. The truth of how to not be a slave to sin. The truth that's going to give us true freedom. And that freedom, that there's freedom in Jesus. And I want us to look at John 8, 34 through 36 again. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Last year, I, I watched the movie Roots again, or that miniseries Roots. A lot of uh, older, uh, older people, older generations will remember that. It was like in the late 70s or early 80s. And there was a scene in there where the daughter of Kuta Kinte, her name was Kizzy. Kizzy is playing with, with the daughter of the, the plantation owner. And there, she's treated just like she's family. Like you would think that they were sisters. But then one day, Kizzy is sold. Kizzy is sold to another, another, another master, so to speak, another slave owner. And even though Kizzy was treated like family, when it came down to being family, she wasn't family. She wasn't entitled to anything that being a family member was entitled to. And I think this is an, I thought of this as an illustration of, of Jesus is saying is, that even though Kizzy was treated like family, that she was nothing more than a slave. Like we're nothing more than slaves to sin. That we don't have a place in the family. We don't have a place in the family of God unless we deal with this being a slave to a sin. That, that as Kizzy, if her family, if she, she was just sold because she didn't have, wasn't entitled to those rights. Now, I want to kind of maybe retell this, this, this passage out of the Bible and what Jesus is saying here. I think Jesus, Jesus is saying is, you know what, my dad? My dad, God, that's my dad. Let's think of him as the master. That he's given me the power and the authority to take all of this sin that we carry around, this sin problem. He's given me the ability to, I'm going to take care of that. That I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to release you from that that I'm going to pay your price, that I'm going to pay this final sacrifice on the cross and pay the penalty for your sin. And, and you're going to be forgiven. In fact, I've already forgiven you. And I'm not going to trick you. I'm not going to sell you to anyone else. I'm here to set you free. I'm going to make you part of the family. I'm not going to hold the sin against you because, like I said, you're already forgiven. So are you going to accept that forgiveness? Are you going to accept that or not? Now, I'm going to invite you into my family. I'm going to make you part of my family. And when I do this, you get to call my dad, just like I call my dad, who is God, remember. I get to call him father. Then our dad together, he's not going to hold anything against you either because we're all going to be free. So again, I'm going to ask, are you going to accept what I have to offer? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you freedom from sin. I'm going to give you forgiveness and welcome you into my family. Now, remember that sweet little boy, Jameson, that picture that I showed you. Imagine if we just held it against him for the rest of his life. Well, you sinned. I'm, you're not entitled to any more privileges of the family anymore. You're not going to be part of the family. That's ridiculous, isn't it? We'd never do that. We forgave him. 
even though he probably didn't understand and didn't even really deserve it, we still forgave him because we loved him. And he's part of our, he's one of our children. He's part of our family. And we still gave him freedoms and, and we didn't enslave him for his behavior, keeping him captive, like sin keeps us captive. Galatians 4, 6 through 7 tells us, because you are his sons or daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. By accepting this truth that Jesus taught us, by accepting this truth that Jesus gives us, the truth that sets us free, we're part of the family. We're part of God's children. We're free from being a slave to sin. So I ask, then what is freedom? Is freedom found based on where you live? For example, us in the United States. You know, there's lots of people that live in lots of other countries that are free, that if you look at the country they live in, they're not free at all. That they have freedom, they have freedom from sin. They have freedom that they find in Jesus who forgave their sins. But our, our freedom really is, it comes from who we put our faith in, who we put our trust in, who we, who we believe in the truth that Jesus tells us. Not just in the, this section of John, but throughout the whole Bible, there is truth repeated over and over again that these teachings of Jesus give us a way to experience true freedom. Freedom from being a slave to our sins, which leads to death. Romans 6.23 confirms that for us. It says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Today, many of us are going to celebrate freedom. We're going to go out and we're going to have a barbecue. We're going to ha have time with family. We're going to watch fireworks. And those are, those are good, good things. And something probably to celebrate. But, you know, I've been in places of the world, some of you guys have too, where they don't have those same freedoms. Because what we're celebrating too, that's really not true freedom. The freedom that we can only find in Jesus. Because that verse in Luke that I started out with today, let me read, read that to you again. It says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the, for the prisoners and recovery for the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free. In Jesus, that's where we find freedom. Now, there's this guy named Malcolm Muggeridge. He's an English journalist. He lived a long time ago. And in his early life, he thought the thing to do was to be a communist. He was attracted to communism. In fact, in 1932, he moved to Moscow as a reporter for the Manchester Guardian. And he lived there with the pursuit of, of try almost trying to prove that communism is the way to live. And so... In his time as Russia, he discovered that this belief in communism, it wasn't what he thought it was. It wasn't, it wasn't the freedom he was looking for. And he actually, what he became then is an anti-communist, and so he got out of Russia. And in fact, during World War II, he became a British soldier and a, and a British spy. Now, he spent most of his life as an agnostic. I'll give you a definition of an agnostic in case you don't know, but it's a person who believes that nothing is known or can be known of the existence or nature of God or of anything beyond material phenomenon. 
It's a person who claims neither faith nor disbelief in God. Now, later in life, Malcolm becomes a Christian. He, he finds this freedom he's been looking for his entire life. He finally finds it in Jesus. He finds that it's not in a political power. It's not in some form of government. That this freedom is found in Jesus. He writes this book called Jesus Rediscovered. And let me just read a, one, one line out of there. It says, All other freedoms once won soon turn to servitude. Christ is the only liberator whose liberation lasts forever. This liberation from sin, this forgiveness of our sin, that lasts forever. This freedom from sin, that this holds us in bondage. Now, throughout history, people have fought for freedom, haven't they? I mean, there's, there's wars, and we're always fighting for freedom. And then maybe they win the war, but then don't they become kind of servants to whatever the system is? Like, even in the United States, this is simple, but, like, if you don't pay your taxes, like, do you have true freedom to not pay your taxes? Because if you don't give the government really what's the government, well, they come after you, and they put you in bondage. And they, they arrest you, and things happen. So we kind of become servants to whoever the power is in charge. Now, as children, think of when you're a child, you, you want your freedom, right? Like that's the only thing you want is, I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to go here. You fight and fight for your freedom. To then, once you realize that you grow up, that freedom really isn't quite what you thought it was, was it? Because there's things, these things that come in the mail. You know, they're little white envelopes. And you open them up, and they're bills. And I, I got to pay my bills. So we kind of just, in a way, become a slave to the system. Because if you don't work, you don't really eat. But what Malcolm is saying is that in Jesus, we find our, our freedom that keeps us, keeps us in slavery. We find our freedom that keeps us in slavery, this, this power of sin, this sin that, that just we're in bondage to it. But once we receive our freedom from Jesus that came from Jesus paying the price on the cross, the final cross, the final price on the cross, raising from the dead, forgiving our sins, that this, it lasts forever. It's not lost, because Jesus is forever. So when we read, the truth will set you free, the truth will set you free. Now today we're going to celebrate freedom, but let's celebrate the freedom from sin that we have in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I just, I just, I can't pray that we, we find our, our, our truth in you, that we find our hope in you.